Before we get started, this episode is brought to you by Oladance, wireless Bluetooth headphones which deliver 19 hours of battery life, superior sound, the ability to still hear your surroundings for safety, and an open ear design which means you don't get that achy feeling from wearing them for extended periods. I used these on my 100 mile wilderness run, and if you're curious, head over to oladance.com forward slash ST and use code ST at checkout for $30 off their OWS2 headphones. Also, thanks to Pillar Performance. Pillar, spelled P-I-L-L-A-R, is a sports micronutrition company that I was introduced to after having Sam Parsons from Tin Man Elite on the show a while back. I use their pineapple coconut flavored triple magnesium product, which delivers high potency magnesium glycinate for better sleep and added recovery during my training blocks. If you'd like to try Pillar today and you're an American-based listener, head over to thefeed.com forward slash pillar and use code SINGLETRACK in all caps for 15% off your order. For international listeners, use the same code for the same discount, but a different link. Use pillarperformance.shop. Finally, thanks to Kodiak Cakes, makers of my favorite pancakes. They've been at the center of so many memorable post-long run breakfasts. They don't just taste great. It's 100% whole grain. There's 14 grams of protein per serving that helps with recovery. Go over to their website. Get yourself a few boxes of the mix. In the process, use code SINGLETRACK15 at checkout for 15% off your next order. With that, let's get to the show. All right, Pau Capel, welcome to the Single Track Podcast. Thank you. Um, here's where I want to start. As a fan of yours, uh, one of my first introductions to you was watching you at the 2017 UTMB. I vividly remember the last one to two mm-hmm. kilometers of your race on the live stream where you were chasing Jim Walmsley through the streets of Chamonix and he appeared to, you know, in the moment be running a little bit scared, maybe running a little bit on fumes, trying to hold that fifth place position and you nearly caught him. You finished in sixth just behind him. And, you know, in that moment, I just thought of you as such a, uh, maybe a gutsy or a, a courageous runner fighting until the end. Do you, re- do you remember that moment? What was it, what was it like from your perspective? What do you remember about those, uh, those final moments? Yeah, I remember a lot because it was my first time that I ran in the ultra trail distance of UCMB. So 170 kilometers, it was new for me. But I was really excited to run the race. And that's why I was pushing to the finish line. Uh, the last climb, I was with Dylan Bowman. So I was with him. We were fighting there. And I say, okay, I, I have to risk a little bit. And I take the risk. And finally, in La Frégère, uh, the people of there say, wow, Jim Wamsley is not far. Eh? And I say, okay, uh, let's try and I remember that I was arriving to Chamonix in the downhill, the last downhill before the asphalt. And I saw Jim, but I was in silence. I didn't want to, to do a lot of uh, sound because I say, okay, maybe if Jim doesn't know that I'm here, he will not push and I can pass him. No, But then the problem was the people. The people, uh, when the people saw me, start to, to say, let's go, let's go, Pau. <laughs> And then Jim do this with the head behind and say, oh, Pau is here. And I start to run so fast and I couldn't catch him. But the finish line was really funny because uh, I remember that Jim uh, finished uh, looking all the time uh, around him and behind him. So it was, I don't know, maybe one minute uh, in front of me. And it was, it was a good finish. 
Awesome. Love the perspective. And yeah, it just felt like ultra running racing at its absolute finest. And, uh, just, it's just a vivid memory for me. One other question I want to ask you before we get into this year's UTMB. Another, another thing that I find fascinating about you is how seriously you approach the sport. You're very professional. You work very hard at it. You appear to be completely dedicated. And back in 2020, I recall you saying that you train about four to six hours a day, that maybe amounts to about 30 to 40 hours a week. And maybe it isn't all running, but you did say you were sometimes running anywhere between 200 and 300 kilometers per week. I'm wondering, are you still training at that level? Has anything changed? And if so, why? Uh, so when I train, uh, I remember that my heart train, it was in 2019, more or less 30 hours per week. Most of these 30 hours was running. So it was a lot. Uh, I was younger also, so it's it was better for the recovery. It was easier. And today, maybe I'm not running so much. Uh, maybe the hardest, yeah, the hardest uh, week that I have run is 250, more or less, 200 kilometers. But then I I do a lot of cross training with cycling uh, in winter with the ski mountaineering. Uh, also in in the gym, I, I do a stretching there. So. Yeah, I, I, I have a good global training and and yeah, during the week I do 30 hours, but yeah, you have to plus the cycling, you have to plus the, the running and also uh, other part of this sport that the people doesn't know is the, the physio, <coughs> is the nutrition, is the mental health, is uh, have time for your family. Mm. Uh, all of this is really, really important because if not, then when, when you are really good in this sport, everything is good. Every All the people say good things of you. All the people encourage you to run, uh, give you hugs in all the world. But then one day will arrive and you will lost mm. and you will be injured and you will be without motivation maybe. And then the people disappear and the people that is there is your family and you have to, to be really conscient about it. And yeah, I have to train, I have to, it's my job, I have to do hours here, but then when I finish the training, it's the same. I have to do some hours in the other part, and and it's important. It's like a job. Eh? I think during this, and there's, there's a lot I want to ask you about there, but one thing I remember, again, this is just from interviews you did back in that 2020-2021 time frame. You mentioned heading over to Kenya. Maybe it was E10, Kenya, and you did some training with the Kenyans. I found this fascinating because I think at the same time, Tom Evans had done something similar. And uh, mm -hmm. I'm curious, what was how did that opportunity come about? What was the experience like? What did you learn about that running culture? And, and what did you learn about yourself in the process? So what, I decided to go in, in Eton, uh, in Kenya, because when I won the UTMB, I knew that I had to be faster. If I wanted to run faster in the Utatel de Montblanc and do the break in 20, I had to learn how to run better uh, because I'm a true runner. I'm not a really athletic. So that's why I wanted to go in, in Eton, run with the people that uh, run really well, run really fast, and yeah, and try to learn uh, only the athletic position and how they do the far legs, how they do the the routine of the day. And But yeah, I learned more than this. I, I learned, obviously, how they train. This 
it's it's normal because I was with them. But then I learned that if you want to be the best, you have to work with the best runners. So it's not important to do 30 hours per day, I per week, sorry, or five hours per day. It's important to do these five hours or 30 hours with the best runners yeah. around you. And then you can learn more. And they don't have anything. They are pure. They, they train, they eat, they they are in, in the middle of the grass, resting. Uh, they don't have more, but they are really happy doing this sport. Uh, and they train together because they know that one day in one marathon, maybe in London, maybe in Barcelona, maybe in Berlin, one day some of them, one of them will win the race. They don't know who, but one of them will win the race. And then this guy will come, up, come back to Eton, will give money to these people to help the life. And the next race, other athletes will win. And he will come back, he will give money for the people. And this is a circle, constant circle. And we are rich and we don't have this mind. And that that was my, yeah, uh, my best experience there. Yeah. Is, is that something that you have tried to keep or, or tried to continue to do in the last couple of years is, is have these really high level training partners around you? Talk about that. Yeah, yeah, I tried because uh, for me it's it's important to uh, have this motivation. They are really motivated because when they are tired, the colleague is not tired and can push. And if you are tired but the, your colleague is pushing, you push with him. And I try it here in Andorra. In Andorra, I live in Andorra and here a lot of cyclists, professional cyclists live here. Triathlon, for example, Jean Frodeno is living here but not trail runners. Yeah. And I try to train with them in the cycling, for example. I try to go with them and I I can do a good trainings, but not in trail running. So this is a, a point that I have to improve in Andorra if I, if I want to do the same level of Kenyan athletes. Thanks to Brooks for their support of our UTMB coverage. I used their Cascadia H shoe way back in 2014 when I was introduced to trails via my through hike of the Appalachian Trail. So this is pretty cool. I've been wearing lately their new high point collection in the field, particularly their waterproof rain jacket and pants, as well as the new and improved Cascadia 17 shoe. The style and the performance across the board are all on point. I even wear that waterproof rain jacket sometimes during these interviews. Check it all out over at brooksrunning.com forward slash single track. Also, thanks to Morton, 80% of my run of the 100-mile wilderness earlier this month was supplied by Morton. I used 25 of their hydrogels, 10 of their 225C bars. They all went down easy. There was no palate fatigue, and they made me feel good because it's all natural ingredients. These are the same products used by top athletes like Tom Evans and Killian Jornet. So head over to Morton.com to take a look at what they got and try some for yourself. And finally, thank you to Features, makers of my favorite trail running socks. They're durable, they're comfortable, they're stylish, and they're trusted by, again, many of the best athletes in our sport. If you'd like to give them a try, head over to their website, grab a few pairs, and use code SINGLETRACK20 at checkout for 20% off your next order. With that, let's get back to the show. In, uh, 
in 2019, you, you registered one of the greatest performances ever at UTMB. You led the race wire to wire in your win. In the years since, there, there have been some struggles. You went for that personal project to break 20 hours. I think you finished in about 2117. Uh, you did have a DNF here in 2022. Given the variety or the, or the difference of results here, do you believe in 2023, do you believe more in the version of yourself that won and set that course record in 2019 or the version of yourself that has just dealt with more struggles in the past two to three years? Like which, which version of POW are we, are we talking with today? I'm older. So uh, maybe I have more um, strategy position today than 2019. That's true. In 2019, I was younger and I had problems in my life. I lived with my parents. I had money like normal for live. I could train always. I had the dinner and the lunch in the table. So the life was very easy. After that, I I started to to move my life and and today I'm older. So I think that the vision is changing. But I think that this year for me is the best year if I compare with the last three years. Uh, I have I think that the season has been really well. Um, some races that I finished all the races in the top five in the ultra trail races. So not in the same than 2018 that I won everything. But yeah, I think that this year I'm more complete. Yeah. Uh, and I will try the breaking 20 if if finally the race is, is the normal road because I'm not sure if it will be. But if it's the normal road, I will try the breaking 20. I will be around, but I don't know what will happen. You know that these kind of races are so long, and I, you have to to do all the all the things really perfect. Not on the only the run, so the nutrition, your mental health, your family, uh, everything has to be in in the position. So we will see, but I, I'm I feel better. You, you know, you you say you're older, but you look great. Are you, are you, are you, are you, do, do you really, do you feel older? Are you, what are you, 31 years old? Yeah, no, I feel, I feel, I feel old. Not, not really old, but yeah, I'm not young. I'm living now with my, with my wife. Uh, I will be father. So uh, four years ago, I, my life is, yeah. it was really, it was really easy. And today I have more responsible. I have to pay the life. I, yeah, the life, uh, the house, everything. So the life changed, but but yeah, I always say that obviously for an ultra distance, I'm not old, yeah. but you, you have to, for this kind of sport, you have to have this motivation. If you have the motivation of you, this power, then you, you can do the, the job. Mm. And the expectations has to be on the way that you think that you can arrive. Mm. If you want to do more than than you can, you will explode. You will not do it. Do you think you have done the training in the last two to three months that is required to have your best possible result on this day? Like when you think about what it takes to uh, to compete with, you know, Tom Evans and Jim Walmsley and and Zach Miller and Dan Jones and, and all these great athletes like yourself, you know, you are without a doubt in that cohort. Do, do you feel like you have done what you need to do in training to get that type of day out of yourself or you're leading or in that group? No, I don't know. I don't know how they train. So the problem is that you don't know the others. 
and you can't compare with the others because uh, Jim Wamsley, for example, he doesn't publish anything. I know that he was injured, but he he was recovered, and I don't know how he trained, if he's good or not, or Tom Evans. He ran the Western States. Yeah. I don't know if he recovered well or not. I know he's really fast, but I don't know if he's recovered well. Jack Miller, I don't know nothing. So I don't know how is the the performance of him. So uh, I prefer to, to see myself and then analyze if I can do 20 hours, I will be in the podium. If I can do 21 hours, I will be in the top 10. Mm. So I move around these positions and then it's important for this race, try to be really conscient that uh, if you arrive in Courmayeur in the position 15, but you feel really, really good, maybe you finish in the podium mm. because the second part of the race, the people explode. I explode last year and the people normally is when he's more tired, uh, can decide to stop. And if you feel really good, then it doesn't matter the position in Courmayeur because then you can improve a lot. Yeah. What do you see as your competitive advantages in this race? Like when you compare yourself to these other people in the race, what is your skill set? What do you take pride in? Where do you feel like in the race you're at your best and why? So normally I, I have my times in the race. So I run with my times and for sure when I'm running and I last year, for example, I was running with German. Jemán uh, Grandier that he will run also this year. I I see if he's um, smiling or breathing a lot, or how is the face, the eyes, uh, and I I can see how they are how they are in the race with these things, no. But then I try to don't focus on it because maybe if you see that they are good you can think, fuck, they are good yeah. and I'm suffering here. So maybe I'm running too much and he's better than me. And, and this is negative for your mind. And that's why I always try to focus. If I have to arrive in Le Juge in 32 minutes, I arrive in 32 minutes. Then if, the, if they want to run in 28, so good for them. But then I will finish in 20 hours. I will see if they finish in 20 hours. So that's... <clears throat> that that's why I won in 2019. Yeah. I was with, the, I didn't see them because I was running with my time. Yeah. Is there is there anything new or different that you have either experimented with in training, or that you might experiment with on race day that that you can share with the audience? Any anything that you've just you're testing. So in this year, I was training more in nutrition because it was my fault, the last races and the last year. That's why last year I decided to stop in Champeclac because during the race, I was not e eating so good. And and then in before Champeg, I fall down on the floor and the doctors had to come and say, no, no, you, you have to stop here. You can't continue, no? And that's why this year we were really focused to eat more or less 80, 90 grams per, per hour uh, of carbohydrates. And if we are working on this way, we can finish so good. Uh, and we were really focused on it. Uh, then the training is the same. 
I train in the same the same more or less. I, maybe I do more far legs. Yeah. Maybe I do more <laughs> volume, but it's the same. Uh, the, I have run uh, ten years, so in ten years I have the experience. I have my legs know how run. I, I can't improve on this way. Uh, I can improve with the sense. That the sense is, yeah, try to do better nutrition in this case. Going back to what you were describing earlier, and just how your approach to the sport has changed, just because you know you've gotten older. Do you, is it hard for you to reduce your running volume or are you somebody that, you know, if, if, if it's required of you to change your ways, you'll do it. Like, how, how do you think about that? So it is hard to reduce the volume if the results doesn't come. If, if you reduce the volume and then the results are not good, you start to think that if it's good or not, this training, um, you are not confident with your coach and the doubts appears. If you reduce the volume, you do more cycling, for example, and then uh, you finish well in the races and, and you have a good positions and you feel good, then it's better because you are healthy. You are more healthy because you don't have pain in your legs. Uh, you can rest a little bit more with the impact or maybe you have more time to go to the cinema. And that's, that's so nice. Uh, uh, and my girlfriend is, is more happy. So this, this is, this is very helpful also, no? So that's, that's the change, no? That maybe years ago I trained too much, too much. Uh, maybe not a specific training. Maybe I, I had five hours for train. I went five hours in the mountain. And today maybe I say, okay, I have five, five hours. I do three hours running one hour cycling, and maybe I call the physio and he will do one hour with specific uh, therapy, no? So that's that's why I say that I'm older because maybe I have more experience. Yeah, right on. L- last question. <laughs> I was listening to that interview that you did with Dylan Bowman. Maybe it was a year ago, two years ago, and you, you tell him the story during 2019 where at various points along the course... Uh, you have your cell phone out and you, yeah. you've dedicated each portion of the race to someone who you care about. So, you know, maybe your parents, your partner, friends, you know, colleague, which I, you know, I think a lot of people thought was very cool. It, is that something that you might do again in 2023? I have something. I have something. Not with the calls because now I'm using a, a small phone yeah. and it's really complicated to use when I'm running. Uh, in 2019, I used the iPhone, the big one, so it was it was easier. But I have something. I have something this year prepared uh, for the checkpoints and for the people that will come with me in the race. Uh, so, yeah, uh, I can't say because if not, they will know. <laughs> but pay attention there because something will come and, and yeah, it will be funny. It, I try to do this not only for me, because for sure, for me, it's really helpful. Uh, when I'm running, I'm thinking, oh, I have to arrive here because here I have my goal. Is this goal or is this message that I want to give to my wife or something like this, no? But then the other part is for them because they can see a, a, yeah, a guy that is coming really tired with the face that 
my face when I'm tired, I'm really tired. So, and they think, oh, this guy is thinking to give me one letter or give me one message or something like this, no? So that's that's really nice. It's like a game. So I I want to finish the, this game. Pau, it's been a pleasure to have you on the show. We really appreciate your time. We'll make sure to link to all of your social media in the show notes of this episode. Is there anything, any final thoughts that you want to leave listeners with, viewers with before we go? So maybe one sentence, the sentence of my life that is fight for your dreams and love the people that is coming with you in your dreams. That's that's really important. It's, it's really egoist, this sport. We think always in the goals, in the victory, in have the trophy, in the podium. This is really egoist. But then behind this runner is a family, is a a brother, a sister, a father, a girlfriend, a, a children. And it's really important that the runner love these people because maybe if you don't love these people, they will disappear and they will not come with you in the races. And when they come, we are really happy, no? So we have to, to take care of them. <laughs>